What's up, party people? This is Ian Lenhart coming at you from Santa Monica, California, just letting you know that it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. You know, before today, I actually spent some time rollerblading, and since the boardwalk is closed in Santa Monica, I was just dipping in and out of Venice, and it was an amazing experience just seeing kind of people watching as you're just zooming through, and just seeing how people are dealing with this whole virus, this whole social distancing thing. It's been a very interesting time in society to be alive. And honestly, there's so many things that we can learn from this. One of the things we're going to be talking about in this podcast is what are the things that you're thankful for? What are those things that you've been taking for granted every single day that you're like, wow, if I could only just get the ability to go to that restaurant to have a burger, like the little things, it just makes us really kind of do a reset in our lives. And I hope that you're using this entire time to just completely elevate your personal development and just come out a better person. Another thing I want to talk about is use this time to reach out to more people. It blows my mind when I think about college, right? Like you go and pick a school for the people that did go to college you have to pick a college and depending on what college you go to basically determines who are going to be your friends that you meet in college that you'd be stay friends with the rest of your life could have went to any other college in the world and i would have had an entire different array of friends the point here is that there are so many good people and good friends out there today that you haven't met yet but you have to do your part in reaching out you never know what happens when you reach out to somebody and just say hey let's chat so my mission and goal for you for this podcast before we even get into it is to reach out to somebody and just start building that network man everything can change off of one connection now let's talk about an absolute all-star guest today on the pod i am super stoked to introduce matthew santoro matthew is a canadian youtuber who uploads entertainment facts and informational videos matthew is most known for his 50 amazing facts to blow your mind videos as well as his top 10 list Facts in Five, Santoro Live, and Myths You Still Believe. His facts are either funny, horrific, interesting, or just plain strange. He uploads a new video every single week, and he's been doing this on YouTube for almost a decade. This consistency has amassed over 6.3 million YouTube followers, etching him amongst the best of the best when it comes to YouTube. What I loved about Matt was he was just so open to connecting. I mean, like you'd think Matt would be a much more stubborn just about people reaching out to him. And we just instantly connected and really vibed. And I'm just very grateful that he was so open to talking about kind of not just the come up of building a massive channel, amassing a ton of income, but what he learned from that experience. Because a lot of YouTubers right now would kill to do what Matthew's doing. So this is gonna be very critical and, and interesting to you if you currently are just starting a, a YouTube channel or you've been doing it for a long time. In this episode, we discuss what it takes to build a YouTube channel that amasses millions of subscribers, the purpose and power behind meditation, a deep dive into spirituality and how one begins their journey, why you need to gain money and fame to be able to realize that it isn't the answer. As always, you can watch this podcast with Matthew and I live on YouTube. And without further ado, episode 93 with Matthew Santoro. Let's jump into it. We're live, Matthew Santoro. He's in the building. How you doing, man? Good, brother. How are you? Dude, living the dream. It's finally getting gorgeous in LA for the first time in like five months. I know. So that definitely helps amidst all the craziness. How have you been living up during the during the whole year of the virus? I know. I guess it really is the year of the virus. Um, you know, it's been a mixed bag. It, there's been days where it's been really hard, and there's been days where it's been really good. And I've been really focusing on just gratitude for my health right now, gratitude for the fact that I have a career that allows me to utilize this time in a creative way. So I've been posting a lot on TikTok and going live on various services and experimenting really is what I've been doing. And it's been really great. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of like one of the OG godfathers of the YouTube world in terms of content creation. I mean, you've been at it for over a decade. Like you were doing it well before it was cool. And I mean, you've, you've risen and you've been, there's one thing that I really look up to you and just like your whole journey and story is just how endlessly consistent you've been. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, right up until recently. <laughs> because <laughs> right. recently, I mean, I'm hitting my 10 year anniversary on May 13th, so 10 days away. And depending on when this goes up. And, you know, it's been interesting for me because for the first time, I stopped doing top 10 lists, the fact videos, all list videos have gone out the window because it's just time for an evolution. And I need to open up that space in order to allow my muse to talk to me, to allow my, my creativity to grow into that space. And everybody's different. For me, I know that I just needed to just stop cold turkey and just embrace living in the void, in that space of I have no income coming in. I have no ideas right now. I've got a couple, but nothing concrete. And I think by becoming comfortable in that space, my muse will speak to me and something new will come out of that. So I'm staying open. So cool. I mean, yeah, a closed mind is the most expensive thing you can have in the world, right? And yeah. I mean, first of all, when you say no income coming and you've built a massive long-term audience and that audience is valuable in itself. So, I mean, you've done so much of the hard work in terms of building and curating an audience. Now it's just igniting your passion and just letting that craziness that like, cause when you do your videos and you're in the zone, like there's very few people that can reach your level of stoke. Uh, oh, and, that, <laughs> and that's something I just got to respect. Thanks man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I say no income, I obviously have a literal income coming in, but no income in terms of every day that goes by it's shrinking because I'm not uploading. So yes, right. I, I'm making some residual income from the back catalog, but, but it's okay. Like I really believe that when the new content comes out and people get used to it and I'm trying new things, you know, God will provide for that. The universe will provide for that. When, you know, when you're not focused on the money is when real success comes. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of ironic because, you know, you think that, like I was thinking for so long, if I just stick with the top tens and push out more and more and more of them, I'll make more money. But my focus became the money. And that's when you lose all of that because you're so focused on, on holding on to it and keeping it that you lose it. And uh, I know your audience isn't really of the spiritual nature, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, maybe no, no, they are. We do. We, we bring on some spiritual teachers. Okay, cool, cool. So, you know, uh, you know, there's multiple quotes from like the Buddha in Christ and all of these enlightened beings that existed that say things that whatever you try to grasp and hold on to, you will lose. He who holds, tries to save his life will lose his life. You know, when you, what happens when you try to hold on to your breath? What happens if you, all you did was hold your breath? You would die, right? So knowing that you'll be able to let go of that breath and a new breath will come eventually is what allows life to continue going. And I'm taking that same approach with my content. And so, you know, I like to approach these explanations with the business side of things, which is, you know, people look forward to new things and eventually they'll get used to it. But also there's a spiritual aspect to it. And that's kind of where the balance comes in. Yeah, I love that. And it's really built on bricks there. So let's just kind of like, I want to kind of walk through kind of the backfill there, right? You know, we'll, we'll make this the first uh, few minutes, we'll go through just like, first of all, like, where were you when you even got into the YouTube game? Like, was it something that you just kind of dipped your toes into? Did you start off really crappy? And then you slowly X your way up? Because it seems like you've gotten very systematic with the way you do videos. Um, yeah, yeah. So I started in my small town called Welland, Ontario, Canada, where I'm from, 50,000 people. And I just started doing it because I found other people that were doing it, I'd say mid-2009. And at the end of 2009, I created my channel and I didn't upload until May 13th of 2010. So that's why my 10-year anniversary is coming up on uh, 2020, May 13th. And I just started doing it because I saw other people and I thought, you know, I could probably do what they're doing. These people have millions of subscribers, which back in 2010 was the equivalent of having a hundred million today. Like it was unheard of to have that sort of a following online. And that excited me. And I, I can't explain it to you other than I felt a flame ignite inside of me that came from somewhere. And I just decided that I, I, could do this. And so I did. And I started doing it and I did it for four years with no payoff. 
And on the fourth year, when I got laid off from my accounting job, believe it or not, I used to be an accountant, uh, not an exciting job, as you would imagine. And when I got laid off, I decided, okay, this is my real opportunity to do this. I can either go back into accounting. You know, I have a master of accountancy degree. I spent five and a half years getting that. I can go back into it. Or I can take the level of risk that I've been assuming in that job, which, you know, I thought I was taking the safe route, turns out doesn't exist anymore. You're very expendable to anyone who hires you. You know, there's no such thing as loyalty anymore. And so, you know, the days of our grandfathers pushing a broom in a Ford factory for $50 an hour, retiring with a pension after 40 years, that absolutely does not exist anymore. You could be gone tomorrow. But that's a, that's a beautiful thing. It sounds scary, but it's good because what that means is that now the amount of, of uncertainty and risk that you take as being an entrepreneur, which is incredibly high, is actually just about the same as working a nine to five because you could be gone any moment. Look at this pandemic that we're going through right now. How many people that are hard workers that never missed a day of work, never sick, never stole anything from their work, always honest, always good with people, gone, gone like that because there's no loyalty. You're, you're simply a number on a balance sheet. Now that's not a pessimistic way to look at it. That's you can look at it pessimistically, but I choose to look at it as an, it's an exciting thing because, oh, if you're going to have that much risk anyway, go work for yourself. Take that same amount of risk, be unemployed, sleep on a friend's couch, you know, lose everything you have if you have to, but do what you got to do to work towards your goal. And I promise you, anyone listening, if you work hard enough at it and you continue to stoke that, that fire inside of you, it will happen. It's happened to every single person that has ever believed in themselves, every, every single entrepreneur that had a vision and just did not stop. And that's the key. Do not stop. You will find success. I love that. So you're, you're, you're grinding for four years. You're doing it part-time. You're putting out videos. At what point, like how big was your channel before you kind of went full-time with that? Yeah, I, I gained about 15,000 subscribers in four years, which is a lot of people if you think about it. 15,000 people. However, at about the four-year mark, I actually uh, had multiple – it's kind of hard to explain. Basically, I never had a video go viral. What happened was I got introduced into a Facebook uh, group where it was – at the time, there was this group that my friend started where all these large YouTubers would share each other's videos on the YouTube feed. That feed does not exist anymore, but there was once a feed where you could go to youtube.com slash feed. And if I posted, say, your video there, it would go out to all of my subscribers in the same way that I was posting a video. Excuse me. So, you know, I was introduced at 15,000 subscribers through a friend that I had that started the group. And yeah, it, I just grew that way. And, you know, what it came down to was networking. And networking is so important, providing value to people without an expectation. And, you know, it's all about creating relationships. And I, especially in LA, as you know, we live in a very transactional-based relationship system. You meet someone and right away they think, you know, oh, what can this guy do for me? He's got a podcast. What can he do for me? You know, like, that's such a, that's such a myopic way of, of conducting business and living your life. And it's not how human beings work. You know, I'm Italian. My, my, uh, my background's Italian. I'm actually Canadian, but my, my grandfather's from Italy. And I can tell you the number of times that he brought bottles of wine, homemade wine to the local car dealership over and over, nothing in return, just, oh, I wanted to give you some wine. Hey, we're friends. I wanted to give you some wine, but when his car needed servicing, you know, maybe once every year, he'd bring it in. Ah, oh, Benny, don't worry about it. We're going to take care of it. It's that transit. We live in a, we live in a relationship based society and it's more important than ever. And even someone like yourself, you reached out to me on Instagram. I don't know who you are. I never once asked you how big your audience is. As far as I know, this could be the first episode. I never asked for anything other than, Hey, you know what? I'm, I feel grateful that you somehow know who I am. 
I don't know what your perception of me is. Maybe you're a big fan, maybe you're not, but you know, you saw that I'm a creator. Hey, I, I respect that you're on your hustle. You reached out, you said, Hey, let's do a podcast done. Let's do it. And that's it. And that's what, that's what life is all about. You know, hopefully we can be friends after this. I might not talk to you again, but hopefully we're friends after this. But the point is, it's not about what I can get from you. It's that, you know, six months down the road, we might run into each other and you might be like, Hey man, I got this crazy opportunity. And like, you did me that solid. Like that's the way the world is. And, and again, it, that's not why you should do good things for people, but you know, it's about having a larger vision and you could tell me, man, listen, I've got 10 listeners. Like that's literally it. I've got 10 listeners and I've done podcasts like that before, but here's the thing. It's not about how many people are listening. It's about who's listening because you might have the, you might have Jeff, Jeff Bezos might love your podcast. You don't know that. Big Jeff fan. Bezos He's a big fan. All the, yeah, exactly. That's my point. But see, that's the type of thing. And now Jeff Bezos knows who I am. That's from, if you look at it from the business point of view, that's what really matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, oh, there's a lot to unpack there right off the bat. First of all, I would say, you know, Sorry, I, I go off on, I go, I get, I, I don't get to talk to a lot of people because I record <laughs> So that's why I love doing stuff like this. Cause it's like, I have things that I want to say, you know? No, I love it. I mean like the only, the sole intention when I started podcasting. So now, you know, this is going to be the 93rd episode, right? Was Congrats. to upgrade my network, to meet amazing humans and just make friends with people. Like, yeah. cause like, just like you mentioned, amazing things always end up happening on the back end if you just go in there with the right intentions. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you with the whole LA thing. I haven't been like that aggressive with the networking amongst LA particularly, but I do find that in that sense, there is a transactional viewpoint in that. And I try my hardest to not do that. Like, I yeah. only try to look, like reach out to people that I think are genuine humans because Thanks, yeah. there's yeah, no absolutely. point of like doing all this stuff if someone's just going to be you know for lack of a better word a dick right if someone's just not going to be like working towards you know a damn good day lifestyle so i i just really respect that about you that you're so open about that like i even said to to before this i like getting on like a 15 minute call with anyone i have in the podcast because i want to just like homie out for like 10 15 minutes to make sure like what up what up like you know now we're not strangers we're friends and then it's like a lot more like what up um but i also love your philosophy like you know, you'll go, go, go. And that's clearly what helped build you up. And dinner parties, that's my other part I want to get at. Bring Let's go. Bring Let's go. I'm down. Is that an invite? <laughs> we have, I have these dinner parties with 30, 40, you know, amazing humans. It's kind of like potluck style. I mean, pre-corona, one after right? This? Of course, 10,000%. And it's just an open, you know, good Is people that an invite? Because I'm in. A thousand percent Santa Let's Monica, go. baby. Here Let's, we are. Let's make some, can you make like Beyond Meat tacos or something? Dude, we go, we have vegan night. We do the bombest. Yeah. We, 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 we do it good. Like, no. Hell yeah. That's we, dope. We, Where are you yeah. from originally? I'm from upstate New York. What about you? Oh, nice. I'm from Toronto. So we're actually pretty close. Fair enough. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah you do have that like super Canadian like friendliness to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I try. Listen, man, you know what? I'm realizing more and more the blessings of life. This, this COVID-19 situation has really made me take stock of what's important in my life. And I feel like that's the true lesson to be learned from all of this is, I mean, aside from washing your hands more, which, you know, I'm guilty of not doing as much as I should. And now I do all the time constantly, like before I eat all the time. And so I'm taking stock of what really matters. How am I helping the world? How am I helping the people in my life? Am I doing what I really want to do? And obviously I wasn't, so I stopped. And, you know, am I, am I living the, the, you know, the teachings of these enlightened beings that, you know, I have literally behind me? There's a meditating Jesus and there's a meditating Buddha, you know? Like these are two great, you know, enlightened beings that had these, you know, massive, uh, cosmological experiences early in life. Uh, and, and, you know, they had a lot to teach humanity and am I really living the things I've read from them, the things that I've heard from them. And so, you know, it's, it's a time where I think a lot of people are going to be transformed during this time. There's a lot of suffering right now and suffering is not a bad thing. It's not, 
if you use suffering, it's a tool. And like any tool, you can use it to build yourself, to become a better person, to work harder on your business, smarter on your business. How can I, you know, I've got all this time. When was the last time I reached out to my customers individually? Right? So now you've got all this time. You don't have to go to a nine to five. You've got a ton of time to, to build up that network. You've got a ton of time to reach out to people that are using, you know, the hashtag chocolate. Maybe you're a chocolate company. Every person search chocolate, reach out to every person, send them free product. People that do buy from you, send them thank you notes. Like literally that's what, like, I've got a ton of thank you notes that I'm going to be sending out to my biggest supporters today. You know, a copy of my book. Like these are that's how you keep customers and it's an old school way of doing things you know we think that sending out an email is enough it's not it's not it doesn't it's it, it it people appreciate things as much as the effort you put into it i am not sending an email to my biggest supporters i'm sending a handwritten thank you card that i bought off amazon that i'm going to take 5 minutes to write and think about what i'm going to do mail it to them by hand, like these things take time and people understand that. And so it means much more than an email. That's how I've gotten every job I've ever had. My mom taught me that, but it's a little uh, tip for everyone out there. Maybe someone young listening. If you want to get a job and you've been interviewed and there's a hundred other people, drop one of these off the next day or wait a couple days and drop one of these off or mail it to them. You'll get the job. 100% of the time. You know why? Because everybody else sends a follow-up email, but Sally Sue or John Smith, they wrote a handwritten letter. And you know what? You might not be the most qualified and it might be neck and neck with you and John Smith. And you might, they might've been like, you know what? Sally Sue is not really quite it. If you send one of these, it completely changes the perspective. They're going to be like, you know what? Skills can be taught and Sally Sue doesn't necessarily have all those skills, but guess what? Skills can be taught and she was really, really nice. And even though she doesn't have the qualifications of John Smith, she was really nice. And I think she's going to get along with people and do not underestimate a good attitude because trust me, an employer wants somebody that's going to be easy in the office, no drama, that gets along with it. A happy worker is a productive worker. They don't want to hire somebody that's a dick. And so you can have all the qualifications in the world, but you send one of these and you have a good attitude, you got the job. So true. And there's definitely a lot of other amazing hacks you can kind of go down that line. Like, like the email, right? It's not enough if you're just part of the pile, you're not looking at that. But you send an email to the CEO and you litter him and you hit them from five different perspectives on social media and everything, trying to get in front of them. You do these little things just to show that you want it yeah. and you show that you care. I mean, that's where all Absolutely. people care. I love that the quote that people will work a job that they hate if they love the people they work with. Yeah, absolutely. That is entirely true. I've worked multiple jobs where I didn't like the job, but I love the people I worked with and vice versa. And I can tell you that the people you work with are everything. And again, it comes down to just being a human being. It comes down to how am I affecting those around me? So you see, you clearly have a very amazing spiritual background to the way you think about things. Was there a time in your life that kind of sent you down that journey and, and was it an uncomfortable one? And how, what was that like? Of course. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, uh, I'm not sure where to start with that. So basically I went through about a three plus year period of a pretty bad depressive state and it all happened when my YouTube career took off. Uh, it started actually with a, a breakup of a long-term girlfriend of five years and that made me kind of depressed. But whereas most people I think would probably break out of that, it coincided with my YouTube career taking off. And through that, you know, very negative people came into my life that I wasn't prepared for. I had a very toxic relationship that I was in. Um, I was making money hand over fist and was gaining all these followers. And that exacerbated my ego like crazy. I lost who I was. I was just completely lost. And, you know, it wasn't until a friend of mine introduced me to meditation that I started going down the road of looking into things that the Buddha said, looking into things that Christ taught, Lao Tzu, Krishna, uh, you know, like all, all of these various enlightened beings that have come in the past. And so... 
I, you know, once I learned what the ego was, uh, I went down a rabbit hole and you know, that like I have 113 books waiting to be read right now. Uh, the bottom two shelves have been read. I read 53 books last year. The vast majority of them were spiritual in nature. And you know, I, that's basically what happened was I, I went through a tremendous amount of pain, a tremendous amount of suffering. Every day I woke up anxious and depressed every single day for about, you know, it got worse and worse until it was about every day for, uh, for like almost a year. And it was, it was a little bit easier before that, but it was just ramping up. And, uh, and yeah, so that's what happened. And I, again, I used that pain to, to realize a spiritual awakening. And that's how anybody who goes through a traumatic experience, any sort of suffering, you know, you, you can also have an awakening. That's just the term I like to use. You know, there's tons of different terms for it, but that's the, the phrase that I personally like. And, you know, it brought me closer to source energy, love, the universe, the creator, God, whatever term you like, use that. I don't like to just use God because I feel like that's a very, that, that word has become twisted in many ways. And I, I don't, you know, in many ways, people have a, a certain feel some type of way about that. And, you know, sometimes people think immediately Christianity or this or that. And so to me, it's the unnamed. It's, it's, it's love. It's good vibes. It's the universe. It's midi-chlorians. If you're a Star Wars fan, it's, you know, it's the thing that makes the universe go round. It's that feeling that you see when you see a baby smile that makes you smile. It's why it's that deep feeling you get and you cry when you see a couple get married. You know, that to me is what God is. God is not a man in the clouds. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's this, it's staying present, it's breathing, it's love. And anyway, I went down a, a whole path there. But. I love it. Yeah, this is a good path, man. That rabbit hole someplace I'm trying to go quick. Listen, man, I can recommend some books for you for real. Um, anything by Eckhart Tolle, Tolle is really good. Good starter there. Um, Osho is really good. He's got a book called Trust, which is amazing. There's a book called The, Art, uh, the War the war of art, not the art of war, but the war of art. Have you read that? No, I have not. Dude, the, the war of art, buy it. It will, it, it, it's a, if you're a creator, if you're a creative, you own a business, anything like that, you have to buy the war of art, not the art of war by Lao Tzu, the war of art. Is uh, the power of now, is that by Eckhart? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I listened to that one. That one that one was very intense. I I personally really like listening. Like that's how I like read books. I love Audible. Yeah. Like oh man, I'm so grateful for Audible. I just feel like I just wouldn't have just cru I would have crushed it so much less say 50 years ago before like certain technologies have just made life so much easier. <laughs> Dude, 100%. You know, it's it's a true miracle that we're able to do what we're doing right now. Like we're nowhere close to each other. We're probably an hour drive away. And we're communicating, and not only are we communicating to each other, but we're communicating to the world. Mind blowing. Like, we, like, even things like flight, you know, people complain when they have to pay for their bag. You're going in a metal bird, in a giant metal bird in the sky, going 300 miles an hour. And you're going to be in Florida in four hours and you're going to complain because you didn't get enough peanuts, Karen, you know, like <laughs> it's always Karen. Right. But we, we, you know, like, I'm sure you know about Gary V your whole audience knows about Gary V. He's a friend right. of mine. He always talks about that, how we've lost perspective. People complain about the milk and the coffee. It's like my grandfather who came from Italy, came here, didn't know how to, or to Canada, didn't know how to speak the language had to work like a dog, broke his fingers, working in a press, had to go home and just bandage it up, didn't know how to go to a hospital, couldn't say that something was wrong, kept working because like with a broken hand to, to feed his family, picked fruit while they, my, my dad and my uncle and my Nona, rest in peace now, lived in a car on the side of the road while they picked fruit for five cents an hour. Like 
I will never forget the sacrifices that my grandparents made for where I'm at now. And anytime that I feel lazy or I feel privileged or I'm not, you know, uh, I feel kind of blah about the world, get some perspective. It matters. Think about the struggles. We're not, we don't even live in a wartime. Like, think about that. Like, there's just, there's so many reasons to be grateful for life. And yeah, it's just about perspective. It's really about perspective. Yeah, it's almost like, it's so great that one of the biggest issues today is depression. And I tell, I say that because 50 years ago, like you, you get one cut in your arm and all of a sudden you dead from some deadly infection of something over the world. And like, like life is tough. Like people talk about life being hard. Life is tough. We live on a giant, you know, circular sphere of hydrogen and carbon in the middle of time and space. Uh, excuse me the world's flat obviously i don't know <laughs> what you're talking about no. <laughs> it's like the world is a crazy place it makes sense that it's crazy but i think that if you find certain things that center you that make you feel really good for me it's animals like i yeah. know you you got your cats big shout out ned and santa sansa yeah so so that was straight you got them during this game is, of thrones yeah this is eddard stark santoro <laughs> and his nickname is Ned, of course. Hi, baby boy. These are his little toe beans. Oh, man. He's sleeping. He's like, don't touch me. But yeah, that's my cat. Uh, my baby girl is an orange tabby. She's a female orange tabby, which is rare. Only 20% of orange tabbies are female. Um, and I adopted them, and they were an absolute blessing. And anyone thinking of getting an animal, I highly recommend getting either a cat or a dog. But cats, and this is coming from a traditionally dog guy, I actually prefer cats now. It's crazy. You would have never heard me say that a year ago. Like I had a dog till I was 16 years old, or sorry, I had a dog for 16 years and uh, he was a little Bichon Frise and I love that dog. And when I moved to LA, I decided I wanted to get a dog. But for some reason, all the good dogs were taken from the shelters. And by the way, they're really expensive. Like a dog can cost you like over $500 to adopt. I'm not even talking about from a breeder. And so I ended up changing my perspective. I thought, you know what? I'm allergic to cats. You can probably hear I'm stuffed up right now. Every single day I'm stuffed up. But, you know, I've built up an immunity to them over the last six months of having them. And when I went to uh, a, a cat shelter, it's, I actually went to Crumbs and Whiskers here in LA. Have you been there? No, sir. Okay, go to Crumbs and Whiskers if you like cats. Uh, it's, it's amazing. You basically, you book it ahead of time. You go there, you have a sandwich and you have a coffee and some treats and you're surrounded by rescued cats. And it's, they take them from the Stray Cat Alliance, which is a no kill shelter. And basically you get to test drive the car before you buy it. And so I found these two, they were a blessing. Uh, they were so snuggly and I decided I have to have to have them and they've been growing with me for the last six months. Crumbs and whiskers. What an epic idea. Right? And anything you buy, 100% goes towards uh, feeding the cats, keeping them there, keeping them safe. You know, they fix them, they give them their shots. So totally worth it. So anyone who wants an animal, please adopt, don't shop. That's not preaching to you. I mean, it's just telling you that you get a way better deal. It was 250 bucks for two cats, spayed, neutered, like take all their shots. They took care of them. Sansa was sick when I first got her. I took her to a vet. They took care of the vet bill. Like, and they're amazing. And I really, in honestly, the biggest reason is that I believe that animals know when you've rescued them. I believe they have an innate sense to understand that they were in trouble and you have chosen to become their caretaker. And you're not going to get that from an animal that's bred for you. You know, if an animal's in trouble, they've been through a little bit of something, they, were, they don't know where their next meal is coming from on the street. Animals are uh, smarter than we know. And I think that these two know that I've chosen to take care of them. And I, I tell them all the time. They can't speak English, obviously, but I tell them. I hold them and I look them in the face and I say, I'm going to take care of you forever. I love you. And they know. They, they might not know the words, but just like a baby doesn't know it's the words that the parents are saying they can feel the warmth when you hold them in, in that you're saying something comforting to them. They might not understand, but you're not going to get that from a breeder. So adopt, don't shop. Amen. Yeah. And it's beautiful because they disrupt your routine. You know, like if you're, if you have anxiety and you're freaking out about something and deadlines in life and your relationship and work and all these things, and then all of a sudden homie cat comes roll up and just leans <laughs> up against your leg. It's just like thoughts, vanish, present, animal, rub, yep. rub. 
purring. Nice. Yeah. Like it's like it's all about presence. You hit you hit the nail on the head. And then the other option is is talking about this concept of danger. And I have a good buddy right now who uh, he was you know right out of college. He chased a girl out to Colombia. Was living in Colombia. I ended up moving out to Medellin as well and just uh, spent six months there. Uh, it was amazing. But he went on and went, moved to Mexico City. Now he's in Guatemala. Like really in the thick of it, man. Like he's doing this consulting deal. And wow. I asked him the other day, cause I catch up with them every now and then. And I was just like, so what's the deal, man? You're traveling all around Latin America. You never spoke Spanish a day in your life till you chase this chick to Colombia, which is a funny story because they actually broke up as soon as they got to Medellin, which is funny, but he ends up staying there. And he says, you know what it is? Something about danger makes me feel super present. He's Absolutely. like, when you're kind of like aware, like, there's something bad could happen almost at any time. It's like, I've never felt more alive. And that's why I feel like I can't ever stop doing what I'm doing right now. Absolutely. That, yeah. you know, that's why thrill seekers often look for dangerous activities because when you jump out of an airplane or you're paragliding or you're doing something that is forcing your brain to reroute all of the energy that was, it was taking for thinking and gives it all to the present moment. What do I have to do right now not to die? It's a beautiful experience because you're, you're not thinking, you're just fully present in that moment. That's interesting because I'm a big scuba diver and I struggle deeply with meditation. Like it's still something I'm just trying. I'm, I'm squirrel, squirrel, you know, like my brain's always moving. But when I'm diving, it's like the only time I feel like I'm actually meditating. Because yeah. there's nothing else that's more important than me breathing and making sure this thing is working. <laughs> exactly. What are you struggling with with meditation? Mostly just uh, being able to work through the 10 to 20 minutes where you're clearly not at the meditative state yet. I guess I just get frustrated at myself and I just get squirrely. And, you know, even is if I lost. Is it that you can't shut the thoughts off? 100%. Yeah. Okay. So here's this is the biggest misconception that everybody has every time they say this exact same thing to me. The purpose of meditation is not to shut, shut your thoughts off. The purpose of meditation is to observe your thoughts. So whatever state you're in, when you sit down and close your eyes is perfectly fine. The goal is to accept the moment as it is. If you have back pain, accept it. If you have anxiety in that moment, accept it. Something crazy is happening, accept it. You can't shut the thoughts off. You keep thinking about the podcast. I, should, I shouldn't be thinking about that, but I shouldn't be meditating because I should be working on that. Just accept it. Don't fight it because what you resist persists. The goal of meditation is simply to realize that you are not your thoughts, aka the ego. What you are is the observing consciousness behind the thoughts. And once you realize that, over time, you'll be able to, instead of doing this, you'll be able to do this and create a bit of a space where you might only get a second, five seconds in your first 10 minutes. You might then, you know, the next meditation, you might get the same thing. And after a month of that, now you might start getting 10 seconds where you have no thoughts coming in. And that's what that is. This is you, these are your thoughts, and it's just creating that gap. And like going to the gym and lifting weights, you're working out that muscle and you're creating a greater space, greater space. And that space is what peace is. And so the more you meditate, the more you learn to just observe the thoughts. Don't try to shut them off. The, the more you'll get to realize that, oh, okay, I'm, in, I'm at peace right now. Oh, uh, here we go. The thoughts are back. Okay, it's okay. It's all right. I, I accept that there's that thought. Let me think about why I'm having that thought right now. Oh, okay. My mom's in the hospital. I feel very anxious about that. Okay, I'm going to sit in that anxiety and I accept that anxiety and I accept that anxiety with love and I know that it will pass and I accept that this is a part of me right now and I accept it with love. And that's what it is. That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, everybody that is is kind of woke in that sense. They're just, they're on another level. Like yeah. if you master meditation, it's just like you walk around with a, like, an, like a badge that you've been able to conquer. And that's why I'm so envious of people that do meditate because I know like these are clearly super intelligent humans. And if they're saying that meditation has cured this disease that has stopped their anxiety, that has, you know, allowed them to become present, like everyone needs to do that, especially when we have such a, a unfortunate 
freaking conceivable force in our ears 24 seven. I mean, this is a blessing and a curse in itself. So being able to control it is easily the hardest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Meditation is just, it's a breath for your brain. You know, your brain is a machine. It's a body part like any other. And in the same way that if you lifted a weight nonstop for a month straight or better yet, 24 hours straight and didn't put it down, that muscle is going to break down. Your arm's going to break. It's going to start having physical effects and you're going to get sick. Your brain's the same thing. Your brain is a machine. It needs time to have a, a breath. And that's what meditation is. It's, it's taking care of your brain. It's changing the oil in the car. It's necessary. Damn right. So if you guys are listening right now, we got to get meditating. If you haven't started, start today. At least just try to be consistent for a week. See what happens. And don't Absolutely. put so much pressure on yourself because that's the other thing. Like I'm so hard on myself if I like fail yeah. at something, like I crush myself. And that's course, a good, it's a good trait because I get, I get stuff done because I'm like exactly. that. You it, know what I'm saying? trait of the successful. It's I'm never doing enough. I'm never doing enough. Right. But, you know, what you have to do, what I found is if that is a great, excuse me, this is carbonated water. It's giving me, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're good. You're good. It's, uh, you know, the thing that I see in you and that I see in myself and a lot of successful people is this, this drive to want more and more. And that's what makes us successful. But at some point that needs to be reined in because if it's not, it'll never be enough. That's why there's depressed billionaires, billionaires, people that you think they made it. Jeff Bezos, billionaire, but we don't know. He could be incredibly depressed. Some of the most depressed people are rock stars, are billionaires, are millionaires, are people that are famous that you think have made it. And I've been there. I can tell you the most depressed time in my life was when I was making six figures a month in AdSense revenue on my YouTube channel. And I had more attention on me than, you know, the most popular person on the platform equal. And, uh, I was super sad. It didn't matter that all this money was good. It's, it's money is, it's not real. It just goes into your bank account and okay, I can buy the new MacBook. You get a little high from that. And then what you're right back to being lonely. You're right back to being depressed. That's why I try to say to people, you know, everyone wants to be rich and famous. I pray and I hope that everybody gets there. Anyone who wants it, that you get it. Because I promise you, you're going to get it and you're going to go, that's it. And then from that point forward, you're going to probably become even more depressed. And then from that point, you'll hopefully use that to reach an awakening where you realize money is not the answer. Fame is not the answer. Material stuff's not the answer. Your worth as a human being comes from something much deeper. And once you realize that, then you can find true happiness. I love that. That was so deep. I, I appreciate that. I think it was Naval from Angelus that said that you have to get rich to realize money's not the answer. Yeah. And, and it's super, super powerful. And on that subject, because I feel like you'd have a very good insight into this, this question. And it kind of goes into the fact of a lot of people have these deep fears inside them that are stopping them from getting to that next level, stopping them to start the next business or um, even like, for example, you know, when you build up that anxiety, maybe you have a big presentation to your company coming up, or it might be in between two people, it might be a 10,000 people. You're thinking about this speech and, you know, you relive the experience so many times before you do it, that it's almost like you're just constantly in agony. What would you say to those people to help them and, and just overall insights to be able to just like decompress anxiety in the heat of the moment when you have something that is, you know, requires pressure and does require, you know, strain, if, if that makes sense. Breathe, breathe, breathe. <laughs> That's the key. Stay breathing. You'll find that when you're in a anxious state, that your breathing is very shallow. And so throughout the day, do a little check-in. Just like anyone listening right now, how's your breathing? Did you even think about it? Because, you know, the infinite intelligence that is inside of you that keeps your blood pumping that you don't have to, like you don't pump your blood. Where does that come from? You don't, you don't breathe. Breathing happens to you. Now you're manually breathing because you thought about it. But for the most part, that infinite intelligence that is built into us from your creator, from the universe, whatever, 
um, takes care of that. The problem is you, you are losing breath. You are losing life. You are losing your life essence when you're not getting a good deep breath in. That's why I really like running so much because it, I, there's so much breathing happening and my lungs are so, you know, like they're so exercised that it, it feels like new life has been uh, breathed into me. So, you know, if you have a, look, nobody wants you to fail. And when you go up and do a presentation, just understand that you're all humans in a room and that's it. Just give a presentation to humans. Don't give a presentation to the CEO billionaire. No, give a presentation to Jeff Bezos, little Jeffy, you know, little Jeffy that used to, you know, get chocolate on his face as a kid. He's just a human being. Don't perceive him. I have met Bill Gates. I have shook Bill Gates' hand. I have talked to him. And I asked him, do you meditate? And he meditates. He uses headspace. I use calm. He's just a human being. And I can tell you, he was super insecure. I, he lacks, I can't explain it. I think he's just really, he doesn't have social skills. And I don't think he ever has. And no amount of money in the world can give you that. And he was very skittish. And I was asking him questions. And at one point, uh, Melinda, his wife, actually had to step in front of him and start answering the questions because she, she's the, the social one of the two. And it was very obvious. She's more aggressive than he is. She wears the pants. You can just tell. <laughs> and, uh, and that was a really interesting experience for me to see that, to see a billionaire kind of like, not know like what to say, like a, he's like kind of this situation. It was really, really interesting. It's so interesting whenever you have these preconceived notions of people and you realize that they're just people, you know, they pee and all poop all just are. like you, right? That's all we all are. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And then it makes you, reminds you that there are people right now that are living your potential dream that might be less qualified, less deserving than you, but because you're not stepping into it and be like, I, I love the line of like, not fake it till you make it, but be it till you become it. Eventually you just gravitate these the right stuff to you. But if you're not stepping into that, you're just letting that opportunity to go to someone else. Right. I like that a lot. Be it until you become it. That's way better. I'm going to, can I use that? Cause I, can, <laughs> I like that a all lot. day, all day. Okay. And you know, I know what I also like my other favorite quote is, and it's like inside of this content marketing world is B minus work changes lives. Like, and it has to do with content. You know, when people start, like they start a YouTube, they start thinking of the perfect title, the perfect caption, the perfect, they're trying to make it perfect. And what happens is they either one, get analysis paralysis and just don't do anything. Or number two, they took them a month and that since it didn't blow up, they get discouraged. They put so much into it. It's yeah. like, it seems like from everyone I've talked to, the most successful humans are the ones that are able to just be super consistent for a long period of time and eventually you can change that b minus work to b plus b a a minus a you know what i'm saying 100 100 your endeavors are never going to be perfect and so don't try to make them perfect work to make them as best as you can possibly make them but understand no matter what you do it'll never be actually perfect because perfection doesn't exist it's it's a perception it's your perception you can put out a video that you weren't 100% happy with, but it could be perfect to someone else. It's a perception. And so don't, don't paralyze yourself with trying to make that video, that podcast perfect. You know, I have a podcast. I haven't done it in like well over a year, but the very first episode is called Just Start. And I talk about the biggest part of any endeavor is just beginning. You want to go to the gym and lose weight. The hardest part is literally putting on your shoes and opening the door. That's the hardest part. Because once you're out there, you're running. Starting a business, just start it. You're going to make mistakes. That's part of the whole thing. You're going to learn. You know, you're going to trip up. Your, your podcast is probably going to suck at the beginning. Like all these things, you know, you've learned a tremendous amount from your first to, to now, the 90th something episode. Like, it's never going to be perfect. So just begin and, and be kind to yourself during the process. 100%. And you're in this big, you know, life change right now. You know, you've been at it for a decade. And I got to say, if I were ever to go to a, like a bar and it was trivia night, 
you got to be at least one of the top three people that would come to mind <laughs> because with all your top 10 facts in the world, like you just know a lot at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard so many, like people always ask me, what's your favorite, you know, what's your favorite fact or this and that. Um, and you know, one of them is, uh, that a strawberry is not a berry, but a banana is. Because yeah, that, of the way you classify a berry, it ha it has to. There's multiple layers. It has to have a certain amount of seeds, and a banana meets that criteria. So a banana is a berry. A strawberry is not. A strawberry is actually classified as an accessory fruit. Hmm. So, next thing you know, people in Crazy. LA are gonna be wearing them all up on their dresses. That's what I'm saying. I'm surprised someone hasn't done that. I know, right? Yeah, very delicious, baby. So if you, <laughs> if you could go back in time and you could look back at your career, say 10 years prior to you starting this whole journey, before you had to go through all these life lessons and all this stuff that made you who you are today, and you could have told yourself, you know, as of you are right now today, talking to that person, one, two or three things that would have just saved you a ton of time, money, headache, heartache. And just for the sake of the answer, it can't be, I wouldn't have said anything because it made me who I am, which is a fantastic answer. But what are some of those principles that you think you would have told yourself? Well, I'll give you, I'll give you two answers. I'll give you the honest answer that I know to be true, which is that I would not change a single thing mm. because everything that has happened has made me who I am today. And I love myself more than I ever have in my whole life. I like who I am as a person and I'm more grateful for the things that I've accomplished and that I have than I ever have been in the past. A more interesting answer for your audience that might be looking for some guidance would be um, self-love is number one, period. If you don't love yourself, no relationships ever going to work, your business is, it might be successful, but you won't be able to appreciate it. Self-love is number one. Learn to forgive yourself for mistakes and understand that nobody's perfect and it's a part of life. Let things go. Um, the second thing would be to meditate earlier. Start, like, you could be 10 years old watching this. You could be 50. It's never too late. Start meditating. I promise you when I have kids, they're going to be meditating as early as I can possibly make them meditate. My cousin's son. So I guess that makes them my not nephew, second cousin. I don't know what it makes them, but Curtis, he, or sorry, Ace. Chris is my cousin. Uh, Ace is his name. And that's her son, my cousin's son. And they put him in a Montessori, I believe it's called, which is like a special school that kind of thinks outside the box. And they have them meditating. The kid's like 10. Like, I think about that and how far ahead that kid's going to be when he grows up, assuming he sticks with it. Right now, he doesn't understand what he's doing. You know, they'll say, Ace, show, show us how you meditate. And he'll, he'll go. And he, you know, it's a joke to him. He doesn't understand what he's really doing. But they really make them meditate. And so that's something that I wish that I knew about. Um, and the third thing is moisturize. <laughs> you know, that's not business related, but listen, moisturize, 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 especially for white people. We are not taught to moisturize. I did not know to moisturize until I started dating somebody that was not white. And then I learned that, you know, people of color are taught to moisturize from like the time that they were very young, straight out of the shower. And I started doing it and you know, it helps, it helps keep you young. So super, super important, super important. Moisturize your face. If you're bald, moisturize your head like I do. Um, moisturize your whole body. It's, it's so incredibly important. It'll keep you looking younger, longer. And that's especially important if you're in something like entertainment. Fantastic. That's amazing. Skip the collagen, go right to the moisturizer. And that's a much cheaper addition. So respect. I love that answer. And thanks for giving that two-part answer. Like I've never heard. I appreciate that. Like Sure. Respect, respect. Um, but with that said, uh, if there was something, I, you said it before, and I just want to see if there's any more insights you'd have into it. But for that person that is just on that fence about starting that business, you mentioned just start. Is there anything else that you would say to that person? Because that's really one thing that's like the core topic that we like to talk about here is like what gets people over the fence to just finally take the jump? Yeah, prepare a bit, but just 
freaking start, like freaking start. Like I can't even, if you're thinking about vlogging and, and you get to the point where you're like, oh my God, I don't know what kind of camera to buy. At that moment, pull out your freaking phone and hit record and do this. That's what you need to do because what you're going to do is constantly psych yourself out. What kind of mic do I need? Oh my God, there's a hundred mics on Amazon. What the hell do I get? Sony, Canon, Nikon. Oh, what do I buy? Black magic. Do I get a red camera? That's hundred thousand dollars. I don't have that money. What do I do? Boom. Use what you have record. Hey guys, this is my first vlog and I'm kind of freaking out because I literally don't know how to start and Hey, I'm starting. And you know what? While you're doing that, you're going to start feeling good. You're going to get into the flow of it. You're going to be like, Oh wow, I'm doing it. Like it's happening right now. Just start. The flow, the flow states, everything. Matthew, flow state, yeah. Can you, have you, can you talk about the flow state? Um, how do you define the flow state? I define flow state of just being like in complete like rhythm with who you are as a person, like capitalizing on all of your strengths and using them all in your life. Yeah. So the Chinese would call that the flowing of the Tao being in, being in alignment with the Tao. So in China, there's a popular religion called Taoism which was started by Lao Tzu. And that's what this is. This is, this is the Wuji in Taoism. It represents um, the great void at the beginning of the universe before time and space, oneness, the unmanifested possibility. And it's one of many spiritual symbols that I have on my arms. But um, that's what that is. When you're in that zone and you're flowing, you just feel it. You can't, you can't even you can't even verbalize it because it's just a feeling like I'm in the zone today. I'm freaking on fire today. Like I've done so much stuff. Like I'm trying to raise money for my short film. It's costing me an arm and a leg. I don't have the money right now for it because I don't have an income really like I was telling you. So, you know, my, my, my ego was like, Matt, don't go to your audience and say like, Hey, would you optionally be willing to donate 20 bucks to my PayPal or something? And I thought, wait a minute, who am I to make that decision for them? Who am I to say, to make the decision for them that no, they, they, maybe they don't want to. That's not for me to decide, put it out there and see what happens. And it turns out that so many people believe in my vision for this short film that I've got going on. So, you know, people have been giving to that. It's motivating me to, to, to do more live streams and challenges. That's what a lot of these thank you cards are for. I'm doing personal Zoom calls with people as a reward for saying thank you for contributing. Um, I've done two TikToks today. I'm, I'm approaching a quarter million followers in, on TikTok in a, in a month. Like I'm putting in the work. I snuggled the crap out of my cats. That was a goal. I'm going for a run immediately after this. I'm going to meditate, which I should have done this morning, but I haven't yet. Um, you know, and I just feel good and I'm in a flow state. That's what flow state is to me. It's it's not allowing your thoughts to impede progress. It's just that. do it. Just do. Just do. Just make moves. Don't overthink it. And Hakuna Matata, let's do this. Nike knows what's up, man. It's just do it. That's what it is. There it is. So, Matthew, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate your willingness to share your openness and your, your philosophy on life. I mean, there's just so much deep realities of, of, of life. And you've been through the ups and the downs and and the sideways, what is next? Do you have any idea of what's next for you? Like, like, how do you foresee that next besides this film? Like, is there anything that just is like starting to light that re reignite that fire? Would you say? Yeah, uh, a lot of stuff, but it, interestingly, all of it is off YouTube. So I have to, I really have to audit that. What is it that's holding me back from experimenting on YouTube? Why is it that I'm experimenting on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram creating these moving images. Have you seen those moving images that I've been making? Uh, yeah. What are those? Yeah. It's just so it, there's an app called pixel loop and I'm playing with that. And you know, it's, I take a picture and I animate parts of it, but while I'm staying frozen, it's cool. And I'm just, I'm challenging myself in every area except YouTube. And I'm not sure why that is. And I really need to audit why that is. What, what is it that's holding me back? Because I'm not doing the list anymore. So is it fear? Is it fear that my audience will reject me? Is it fear that they'll mass unsubscribe when they see something different? What is it? 
Is it that I just don't want to do YouTube anymore? Like, what is it? And so that's what the next step for me is. I really have to audit and be honest with myself and say, what is it that's holding me back? Because, you know, we beat ourselves up for laziness or I don't know what the next step is and oh, I should be doing more. But sometimes laziness is just a sign that you just don't really want to do that thing. You're not lazy at work. You just don't like your job. If we found you a job that you liked, you would be on fire doing it and it wouldn't even be work because you'd be enjoying it. And so that's the state I'm in right now. I'm creating a lot and I need to figure out what I'm going to do for YouTube because eventually I do have to do something because that's my bread and butter. That's my home. That's where I started creating. So uh, that's what's next is, is being honest with myself and experimenting and letting go of fear and, you know, existing in the void and just flow state flowing with the Dow all day baby flow i can feel the flow from here man maybe it's because you're only actually like a mile or two away but regardless the flow is strong so we appreciate you man how can the audience if they want to continue following i mean there's bajillion platforms but where would you recommend people go yeah uh, well first off thank you for this opportunity man like this is really really great i'm really grateful for the opportunity i would love to do that dinner sometime so let me know we'll hang we'll be bros um as far as me you know, I'm at Matthew Santoro on all platforms. I'm really killing it on TikTok right now. I'm having so much fun. Um, TikTok, Instagram, at Matthew Santoro. And yeah, for everyone out there, I just wish you a lot of good health during this time. I hope your mental health is good. Take care of yourselves. And whatever that business is that you're doing or want to do, crush it and start it whatever stage you're at just do it don't think about it just do and believe in yourself and just don't stop and you'll make it boom till next time man we'll talk soon shy brother namaste thank you for listening to another episode of len jones party of two if you enjoyed it please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes and remember hope is not a strategy keep making moves Till next time, peace.